Do you love watching sports highlights? Five Star, the world's first sports highlight rating app is here. Athletes and fans can share, view, and rate the best sports highlights between one and five stars. The app is comment-free and has athletes of all skill levels, even pros like Kylie O'Miller, Kyle Harrison, and the 2022 PLL MVP, Trevor Baptiste. Download Five Star Highlights to earn yours. Quintessential Lacrosse Podcast welcomes in Ryan Poley, the head coach of BU, on a game week. Uh, I'll be at uh, Johns Hopkins on Saturday, Georgetown and Hopkins, 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. The BU Terriers travel to Vermont uh, at noon on ESPN Plus to open their season. Vermont uh, losing at the Dome last weekend. It's a game I got to watch on ESPN Plus. I, coach, I got to tell you, this ESPN Plus thing. So yesterday I'm watching Mercer Bucknell, uh, Vermont against Syracuse. I'm able to watch Jacksonville and Hopkins. I, I feel like my life has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. Uh, I used to have to do a lot of, uh, a lot of spy work, and, and, and now, everything, <laughs> now everything's out in the open. Uh, well, welcome in. I appreciate you. This is a busy week for you. You're, you're obviously opening this season. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, what, what's your week like in preparation of uh, game number one? Yeah, um, our week is Monday is BU day. So yesterday, you know, we, we scrimmaged Villanova on Saturday, took Sunday off. Uh, the, the boys do some, you know, stuff on their own to make sure that they're feeling great for the week, get in the pool, um, you know, do some recovery stuff. And then Monday is all about us, you know, breaking down the good things we did against Villanova, some of the things that we need to work on. Um, we do a, a pretty much a walkthrough on Monday. Tuesday is – a majority us but you know sprinkle in a little bit of Vermont and then Wednesday Thursday heavy prep days travel practice at BU on Friday then travel up Vermont uh, after practice and spend the night in Burlington and and then you know give it a go on Saturday so just super excited you know Vermont's a great team coach Fly's done a great job so certainly have our work cut out for us yeah Vermont played hard uh, up in the dome last week I was just I was impressed with with their effort and their refusal to go away without a fight. Uh, tell me about your, your scrimmages. I know you scrimmage Rutgers and Nova. What would you, what'd you learn? Um, learn that, uh, you know, the, that it's a long season and it's, uh, you know, certainly we need to continue to get better. Uh, learn Rutgers is still every bit of as good as the final four team. You know, I know they lost some pieces, but um, you know, the, the Scott kid's excellent. Uh, great. They have two great goalies and the faceoff kid is much improved. Um uh, they, they, they were a good team. They, they took it to us. So it was a, a great, um, you know, start for us to just, uh, you know, last year was last year and we had such success and did a lot of great things, but certainly if we rely on things that we did last year and the, and the fact that we had the majority of our team back, that's not going to win us games on Saturday. So it was a good reminder that, you know, we need to get to work. We need to get better. Um, you know, we were much improved against Villanova. I was happy with our performance against a good team and, um, you know, taught us that, you know, it's, a lot of the things that we that will lead to the result on Saturday has to do with us and certainly our opponents. Um, you know, we, we have play a great schedule and they'll give us, uh, you know, their best shot. But a lot of it is our preparation, our execution, and uh, we need to be great there in order to have a, another successful season. Yeah, you know, this time of year, I think there's always such an attachment to what happened last year. And I know as, as a former player, every gosh, every team was very different, e even though, you know, the person percent maybe you bring back 75 80 65 percent the teams they're they're all very different and in, in, in the way they uh the way they operate uh what'd you learn from your historic season last year uh, a year that saw you guys win the patriot league for the first time uh, gather that ncaa bid a really historic year 
where uh, where you put BU on the map, it's been a it's been a steady incline, steady improvement. But but last year you guys really exploded onto the scene. What what was it, what were the main takeaways? Culture is king, and our, our culture was the best it's ever been. Uh, credit I've given multiple times in in podcasts and broadcasts and, and interviews. You know our our seniors did a phenomenal job. Uh, they took it upon themselves to take our our culture from a good culture to a championship culture. Uh, and that was really the, the key to our success. We've had talented teams. We've had talented players. We've executed. We have a good coaching staff. And the, and the missing piece was that championship culture. So we're, we're certainly trying to replicate that this year, you know, continue to have a championship culture. Um, as you mentioned, every team is different. This year we're, we're dealing with the fifth, you know, in, in a good way, but um, a little bit different. We're, we're dealing with seven fifth years and, and how do they integrate into our team and how do they fit our leadership structures? And we have a great senior class and how do they find their voices as leaders? So, you know, combining those two it has been, um, you know, a challenge, but it also has, has um, you know, benefited greatly by having so many great leaders on our team. You mentioned the championship culture and it is something that you guys, uh, and covering your, your, your games last year, it is something that you guys harped on and you felt that there was a difference. You felt that there was a, a change from prior seasons, more player led, but how, how does the championship culture manifest itself? What's it look like? What are some specifics uh, maybe that you can point to? Sure. As you mentioned, it's player driven. Uh, we allow our players to pick the captains. We allow our players. We, we have five pillars that we, uh, embody our program. We allow at the end of the fall, um, you know, award one player who best exemplifies that pillar. We allow our players to pick that. Um, you know, we, we meet as a leadership group. We've met this morning at 7 a.m. to discuss the different issues um, that we need to continue to work on and things that we're doing well. Um, so it's it's really collaborative uh, in the sense that we we really value the player's opinion. And we say it each and every year, it's, this is their team. Uh, and certainly it's my job and our, our coaching staff's job to direct this thing in the right direction. And, and certainly um, if we get off, uh, off path, make sure that we address it and get it back on path. But at the end of the day, this is their team. Um, everything from an accountability standpoint, from a leadership, from a competitive really is driven by our players. And, and it's been really impressive to watch how, um, they hold each other accountable and, and do the right things, you know, 99% of the time. Can you, can you share with us the five pillars? Sure. Uh, it is, you know, we do it accountability. All right. We do motor compete. I'm glad this isn't on uh, you know, it's not on video uh, family is a ring finger. And then um, our, our work ethic, our motor and work ethic. Those are our five pillars. Those, those were all, uh, exemplified in the way you guys played last last season you know I, I look at uh the way you have your 10 man the way your defense slides and makes plays the way you cause turnovers uh 12 per game uh that that it, it, it it's your identity really it, I, sure. is, is what i'm trying to say what uh your roots philly philly uh philly area correct malvern correct yep malvern and then i went to merrimack played multiple sports at Merrimack. I did. I did. So I started lacrosse really late. Um, John Rohde, uh, who was the Unionville coach and the Malvern coach for a while, was was a neighbor of mine and, and gave – I had never seen lacrosse until I got to Malvern Prep, played baseball my freshman year and all growing up. And um, lacrosse was one of the only sports back then that Malvern could compete for a state championship, and that kind of caught my um, eye that – 
you know, to compete at a level. And it happened as a freshman year after a, a freshman baseball game caught a playoff game with, that they won in overtime and the place went nuts. And that, and that was kind of my first introduction to lacrosse and started my sophomore year and was able to pick it up pretty quickly. But I love basketball. Basketball was, was, was my main sport and the thing that I loved the most. And um, I was recruited by Notre Dame and Georgetown for lacrosse, but I love basketball. And, and Merrimack was the highest level of the Division II school at the time. Division two school at the time and um, was for basketball. So I went there to play basketball. I played two years of basketball. Um, my sophomore year, they actually started a football team and I was a pretty successful high school quarterback that was recruited D3. So I gave that a try for two years. And once I decided, you know, basketball probably wasn't going to work out, I, I tried out for the lacrosse team because I knew I had success there when it's probably my best sport overall from uh, being able to play at the highest level. So I was able to play four years of lacrosse. I took a fifth year, um, you know, made all American and, you know, kind of that's how it started my uh, love for the game of lacrosse. So you didn't pick up a stick until ninth or 10th grade. I ask you this because, because my daughter who's 13, she's an eighth grader. She's been a competitive gymnast now since she was four. Uh, And she's starting to maybe turn the corner and consider some other sports. So we're out two weeks ago having our first lacrosse catch since she was like six. She she quit when she was six. And, you know, we're trying to string together three catches in a row. Now we're up to 20 a week later. Uh, She's improving radically. And I think she's going to try out for the eighth grade B team. But and and in my mind, I'm saying, wow, she's really behind. Uh, But the reality is she's not really that behind if if she's hungry and she wants to put in the time and and, and the work. it, it seems like as a sport, we're investing in this early entry, uh, at, you know, this this all in as as uh, as six, seventh and, and eight year olds. It's probably not reality based in, in some of the people that that I talk to and their late entry and success. Did you did you like what were the early barriers for you in terms of was it just six stick skills? It was stick skills for sure. Um, but I will say this, and I think Quentin, you do an awesome job of pointing this out as you're trying to get new viewers to understand those, those sport of lacrosse. Lacro- lacrosse is such, um, has so many other sports that, that make it up. And I essentially just played basketball with a lacrosse stick in my hand. And then just from the zone defenses. And I think that's part of why our defenses play the way, you know, to me, a 10 man ride is oppressed. And, um, you know, the way we share on the backside, it's his own zone defense, you know, essentially when we slide, like all those things came very easy to me. So I was able to at least be in the right position and use my background from other sports. And then there's six skills. I mean, I didn't have great six skills, so I got to college and, and put the time and effort into it. But um, lacrosse is such a great sport because you don't have to be the biggest guy. If you have great six skills, if you're smart, if you're athletic, um, there's so many successful players that uh, over the years that have been undersized or not the fleetest of foot, but are great inside finishers are so smart on defense and can quarterback a defense. So it's a really cool game and a, a cool sport that you don't have to be the biggest of players or the, or the quickest of players or the fastest of players to, to still be a very highly competitive uh, contributing player to, at the collegiate level. The greatest uh, crossover for me are high school option quarterbacks who then play uh, offense and lacrosse, guys who can have their eyes in one place and their body doing multiple things, whether it's, you know, the fake dive, the pitch, the run. A guy like Jared Bernhardt did that. Ryan Boyle uh, was an excellent option quarterback in high school. And both those guys had tremendous success, obviously, in lacrosse. What, what type of quarterback were you? Um, most, I, I wouldn't say I, I wasn't very fast, so we, we ran option, but I was more of a, a drop back. Um, we ran option because we ran the, 
uh, wing T in Malvern. And then in, in college, we, we ran a similar offense. It wasn't a wing T, but we, we had the, the read option, but I, I wasn't very fast. So um, it was more of a get the ball to the running backs and let those guys make the plays. Virginia's Lars Tiffany, his origins in the game uh, started, I think he started out as a women's coach. And I, I know you did as well, coaching yeah. high school girls. What, what were the lessons that you take forward from that initial experience now? Patience. Um, the girls really taught me that um, they wanted to, they were so eager to learn. Um, they were so respectful that it taught me I had to be in my delivery as respectful to them and um, keep my patience. So when I would get frustrated and, you know, early in my career would lose my temper, I think it was great to know that, you know, they were, were so good in controlling their emotions and their, um, you know, the, the way that they uh, learn the game. So it really forced me to, to be great with my delivery, um, great with controlling my emotions and just making sure that my, my message was, was concise and delivered in the appropriate way. You uh, were the head coach at Merrimack and then defensive coordinator at Yale. Uh, what, and you had a lot of success at Yale. Uh, what, what, what clicked there in terms of uh, coordinating that defense? Um, I just, I mean, first of all, I had to thank, you know, Andy took a shot on me, um, brought me in and I thought it was going to be an offensive mind. And, you know, I just, you know, study under, on, under coach Navy and, and kind of learned the thing. And there was just an opportunity, you know, Andy gave me the freedom to, uh, you know, be a court. I wanted to be a coordinator. I wanted to have a side of the ball. And even though I didn't really have a background, I was able to take a lot of his, um, you know, fundamentals and his basis of, of his defense. And then kind of, he allowed me to, you know, uh, you know, shape it to, to my liking. And, and, you know, a lot of the slide and recovery stuff, he allowed me to do um, a lot of the, you know, we caused a lot of turnovers at Yale. I was able to bring it to BU, but, um, you know, to, to trial and earth things, um, we had some really smart players and, you know, I, I think if Andy only knew one day, he said, how many defense do we have? You know, I, um, I was able to put in multiple defenses and give multiple looks and, and the kids certainly can handle that. So um, it was a really experimental time for me and, and where I kind of, you know, cut my roots. This time of year, as I said, you know, watching a lot of tape and what interests me is style. You know, how's the team playing offense? How are they playing defense? How are they approaching their rides and clears? Do they do, things that are proprietary or different. And, you know, too often I'm watching middle tier or lower tier teams who are very vanilla. And in my eyes, I'm just saying, how are you going to win? How are you going to beat a team that's got potentially better players if you don't do something that makes them uncomfortable? And, and too often I'm watching these teams. And I just think from covering college football that you got to do some things that you get really good at that put pressure on your opponent that are different. And, and I think you, you guys embody that with, with your 10 man, with the way you slide on defense, what's your mindset in terms of your style and, and, and developing a, a unique uh, way to play that is, uh, you know, quintessentially BU lacrosse. Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head. It, it, we force people to make tough decisions with pressure. Um, and when teams handle it, we certainly have, we, we still have, we have got a great goalie and we have great guys. If they shoot the ball in the 10 man, we certainly have opportunities to make saves and run out shots. So I think there's a little bit of, uh, 
Um, if they do X, we have the answer with Y. But um, when, when it's working and it's clicking, we're, we're putting a lot of pressure on guys and we're getting to hands and we're forcing turnovers. And, and, and we recruit that way. I think Coach Lattimore and Coach Lippo have kind of brought this mindset, both, you know, both having the background in the 10 man. Um, you know, I didn't have a background in 10 man. We, we 10 man very little at Yale. Um, and it was really their influence, Coach Lippo first coming from Ithaca, where they were 10 manning. Uh, and then certainly we added Coach Lattimore to the staff who had such success at Bucknell and um, Holy Cross that were known for their 10 man. I think we tweaked it and we got it to where, um, you know, we feel very uh, proficient at it. And, and I think it's a fun way to play the cross. It, it, it allows our guys to play in space. It allows our guys to take chances. It allows our guys to make plays both on the offensive and defensive end. It creates havoc and it causes some transition opportunities for us to capitalize on the offensive end so it's you know i think it's a fun brand of lacrosse our, our guys enjoy playing it and uh like you said we, we've worked hard to to kind of refine it bu the terriers last season patriot league champs ncaa tournament bid for the first time uh in a program you took over in what uh 2012 but really de yep. debuted in 14 is that accurate yeah mm -hmm. exactly uh the schedule this year with patriot league uh, I think the league will be better overall. Navy looks like they're going to be better. I I, I got to see Loyola uh, improving some. Ar Army has a lot of new faces. Uh, Bucknell had some 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 weapons. Watching them on tape yesterday. Uh, yeah. What your what's your general view of of where the Patriot League sits this season? Uh, I say this every year when asked about it. It, it has some of the best coaches um, in the country, and it's it's certainly a challenge week in it, week out. And, and it's not only some of the best coaches, but it's the most innovative. It's the most different week to week. You, you know, you, you think about playing a team like Loyola or Bucknell, you know, Bucknell's kind of tran, you know, transformed a little bit into a more a team that likes to push the ball. And then you certainly play Lehigh and, and Army who are, you know, all the, they'll take the transition opportunities want to play more of a six on six game. Um, you know, and then you have the up and coming teams like the Lafayettes and the Colgates of the world, Holy Cross. So, um, you know, from week to week, it's, it's certainly a challenge. Um, you're, you're certainly, if you don't, if you're not careful, you're going to get out coached and out schemed. And so you, you really got to be on your game and it's just, a, it's really an enjoyable league. You know, we believe in academic first. And I think, um, you know, that can, you can be, that can be seen all over, um, you know, all over the field and all over the different institutions. And then I, I you know, my position is, is they all play a really hard nosed brand of lacrosse. They very rarely um, do you out physical someone, you know, you're going to have to bring your A game physicality wise. You're going to have to bring your A game scheme wise and you're going to have to execute at eye level. if You're going to get out with a win on Saturday. It's a fascinating league in, in that, as you said, it's stylistically diverse, really good coaches. It's also geographically diverse, and it's not an easy travel league. Uh, you guys will face off at noon on Saturday at Vermont. Uh, man, uh, you got to be watching the weather on that one, ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> your your, your non-conference schedule uh, features Bryant, UMass, the Notables, Harvard, and Yale. Uh, your Harvard game last year was one of the better games that I watched all season. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great rivalry. Um, unfortunately, they've gotten a little bit of the better of the last couple of years. I, we're probably played them all all nine years, and, and it's probably, I think it's 7-2 or 6-3, somewhere in that. But, but every game's been a one-goal game. There's been multiple games that have gone to overtime. Last year's game could have went out either way. Um, you know, they made some more plays at the end. We didn't clear the ball particularly well. 
Um, you know, I think we were disappointed um, as a team um, uh, on our performance, you know, not give Harvard credit. They, they did the things that they needed to do, but Jerry's a great coach. They got a great program and, you know, obviously an NCAA tournament team with the majority of their team back. That's a, that's a great game we get to host this year. So it's always, I mean, we're literally, uh, you know, probably half a mile away from each other. So it's the guys know each other. They hang out on the weekends. There's friends that have gone to the same school. So it's a, it's a fun robbery. And it's certainly I, I anticipate it being a great game this season. So Brian Carcaterra, who's, who's a friend of mine, Paul's brother, asked me, yep. hey, Hopkins got this transfer goalie from Bryant. Can, can you go, you know, what, what's, what's he about? And so I plug in the Bryant BU game from last <laughs> year. And so I'm watching this game and I, I forgot. Know. I totally forgot. Yeah. I am watching this game and it was the most incredible transformation of what looked to be a normal day. And all of a sudden it's a complete whiteout and you guys kept playing. I cannot believe you guys played to it. It was, it was Tressler. The screen goes totally totally white. What was that like? Oh, I think Tressler wanted to get out of it. I think Tressler was cold. So I think he wanted to get out of there. So uh, it was Quinn, it was crazy because it was a, actually a really pleasant night. It was probably 45 degrees. Uh, it was a four o'clock game, so it was dark. And, you know, once you, you kind of have an idea what the forecast is going to be before the game, but once you start the game, your, your head's not there. And it just like you could feel like the precipitation, like hitting your face. And then all of a sudden, it, I mean, it was legit a whiteout. You couldn't see anything. And they scored a goal and I, I didn't even know the ball went in the net and the officials came over and we're like, all right, we'll play with orange balls. And then we were like, Hey, do we want to impress? There's like, let's play. I'm like, all right. So we ended up playing, they scored a goal. We scored a goal and then it was gone. And, and we, and then it was back to being a pleasant night, but for about 15 minutes, it was a complete whiteout. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't see five feet in front of you. Um, the guys were hooting and hollering and, and both teams, you know, I guess could see the ball on the field, but, um, it was, it was challenging and it was something that I'd never seen before. And it was, uh, it was entertaining. And then it kind of went away in the fourth quarter, you know, it was a tie score. So it was actually a very competitive game. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I want to yeah. turn the page and, and talk about some of the personnel you bring back uh, for 2023. Sure. I have my notes from last season. But I know you had a lot of guys. I have listed seniors who may be back or may not be back. Yep. Uh, yep. Determined uh, COVID-wise, uh, your attack: Louis Perfetto, Vince Dialto, Timmy Leg. Uh, I think they're all back. Is that accurate? All back. Yep. All wow. back. Timmy's a, Timmy's a grad student, so he decided to take a, a fifth year. Louis and and Vince are in the process of doing their fifth year, but they're they're still um, seniors. They're seniors right now, so they're That's back. Fun. That's unbelievable. Uh, I yeah. think about Delaware's attack and I think about BU's attack in terms of the most points in the country re- returning. Right. Yeah. We're, we're very fortunate to have them. Um, I think they're both very, you know, have all taken a step to me. Like played a bunch of box this summer. So he's right. Poised to have a great season. And Vince, I, you know, I've, I've been on record saying, I think Vince might be our most improved player from last season. He worked really hard on, on continuing to develop his game. And Lewis is just our quarterback. He just gets everybody involved and just does all the right things. And is a really, he might not be on the stat sheet like those other guys, but he's a really critical part of our team. That's a Long Island Express once again. So when, yeah, you, recruit, when you recruit the island, you get off at Jamaica and make your first stop at the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Valley Stream, Lindbrook, Rockwell Center, yep. straight straight yep. out to Suffolk. Yep, yep, <laughs> pretty much. We just take, we take the ferry, Quint. We, we, we go right out. But we, we sometimes oh, you start we in Suffolk and work your way yeah, back to the city. Yeah, we work our way back. Yeah, I mean, we... 
Um, you know, I mean, obviously Lewis and, 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 uh, Timmy being from Nassau, but, um, I think Suffolk is, uh, recently we've been a little bit more home at Suffolk. Midfielders, uh, Tommy Bork should be back. Yep. yep. Uh, I, I liked him lefty, pretty flashy. Yeah. He's a righty. So, um, oh, really? he, yeah, he, he's more comfortable shooting the ball on the run left-handed. Um, you know, but he is, he's, he's pretty two-handed. Um, he's, he calls himself a righty, but I, I can understand why you think he's a lefty. Uh, yeah, he's a nice player. He, he really took them a, a big step towards the end of the end of the season. Um, really stepped up in, in our playoff push, you know, yeah. sort of the game winning goal against Lehigh and then had a great game against army. And then certainly Princeton, um, you know, pulled Quadrino and, and really forced him to be our primary Dodger. And he responded with three goals. So he had a really nice end of the season and, and is poised to have a really breakout season this year. Five goals in the Patriot League tournament for Bork, 51. Quadrino, I got now as a junior. He's only yeah. five, six, but he's a water bug. Uh, gives you options in terms of, of where you attack with him. Yeah. Um, Quad's not going to be with us next year. He took the year, he took the year off and it, it'll, oh, he'll, okay. be back. he'll be back next year. So who were you seeing at the midfield? Guys like uh, uh, Corcoran? Well, you'll see Cates. Uh, Cates is coming back. Cates is back, um, yeah. So that's going to be a huge, you know, his first team all-conference. All um, Jake Cates know, towards ACL, probably, right, against towards Princeton? Towards ACL, yeah, and he's he's coming back. So he'll he'll be um, – Zach Travellini is, is going to replace Quadrino. He's a sophomore, um, water bug type, very similar to Quadrino, small lefty. Um, so we're going to, he's going to run on our first line, uh, Niedringhaus, number two, Thomas Niedringhaus from St. Louis. He's like six, three, six, four, Matt Hilburn, uh, who's a graduate student. He's back. Um, and, and, and James Corcoran. Gotcha. So Niedringhaus, the tall kid from St. Louis, a lot of points in yep. high school. Uh, yep. it looks like you can put the ball in the net. Hilburn I got now as a yep. fifth year senior from Westchester PA, good inside. Uh, yep. and then. Uh, Corcoran, you mentioned he's uh, yeah. Corcoran, Corcoran's not gonna, Corcoran got hurt as well, so he's not going to be with us this this year. Um, he might okay. be back towards the end, end of this season, but he was he's a great player. Connor Calderon returns as your Fogo, correct? Uh, but the the main guy is your your LSM Roy Meyer, uh, who's yep. now a senior from Long Beach. Uh, just unbelievable havoc and instincts instincts between the lines, uh, ground balls, cause turnovers. I think he had maybe 60 cause turnovers. I mean, he's, he's something else. Uh, how do you uh, describe his progress or his impact? His progress has been unbelievable. Um, he, we were able to get him in the COVID year. We had two pros at LSM, Chase Levesque and, and Reese Eddie. Um, Chase got a cup of coffee in the MLL and then Eddie was in the PLL. Um, but Roy, we, we were able to find Royce to minutes or, you know, behind as our third pole and you maybe get one or two. And, um, there was such a gap between those two guys and, 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 and Roy at the time, but he's just continued to work, um, and develop. He's gotten a little bit more athletic. Um, but the one thing that we saw immediately was his instincts is that he's had some of the best instincts I've ever seen. Um, and, he's a perfect fit for our 10 man. He's a perfect fit for our defense. We kind of allow him sometimes to go off script and our guys know that he's got the rope to like, he'll, he won't be the slide or he won't be the adjacent and he'll just go and attack. Like he'll see a play that he thinks he can make a play and he's got the green light to do that. And our team 
understands that and kind of a lot of times reacts around him. So he'll make plays that you don't, that aren't in his, uh, you know, that you wouldn't expect him to make because it's not really his slide or his play, but he just understands, uh, you know, offensive thinking and positioning and spacing. And if you don't have good spacing, you're in trouble. And he's great on, he's great on the ball and he's great in space. Uh, when it comes in, and obviously he's great off the ground. So if he yeah. if he's able to, to dislodge the ball, you know, nine out of ten times he's going to pick it up. So uh, he has great ball skills. Eighty plus ground balls. Patriot League Defensive Player of the Year uh, from Long Beach via Shamanad. Uh, I used to go to the beach at Long Beach. Uh, you yeah. got Matt Garber. You got Matt Garber coming back. Yep. Yep. Between between right. the pipes, I had yep. him listed. I had him listed as a senior. Is this a fifth year for him? Fifth year. Yep. He decided to stay and, and do some grad work at BU. Apparently he's got some witty one-liners. He's a character. Yeah. <laughs> he's a character. He's totally a character. Uh, defensively. Am I seeing uh, Patrick Morrison, Dane yep. DeGoler? Is Will Carson back or did he graduate? No, he graduated. And then I uh, got uh, Trey Brown potentially. Trey Brown or... was our, was our second poll and is now our starter close defense. Excellent. Uh, any, any, uh, any youngsters that I, should, that I should add to my board here? That um, I would say Connor Kim is, you know, he might be our fourth defense. He's a freshman and, you know, not immediately, but Jimmy core, I think will find some time throughout the season. He's um, he's nursing an injury and he'll, I, I think by Patriot league play, he'll, he'll be in our mix. He'll be in our mix. Face off game one on ESPN plus it's at Vermont this Saturday. Uh, noon, uh, an important non-league game. Obviously, it's the first game. Uh, giving away a little game day experience to Vermont, who played played uh, up in the Dome last week. is There's a significant jump in my eyes between game one and game two. Would, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, um, we're obviously concerned about that. I mean, just to get the nerves out, they're playing two new guys on attack. So, to, you know, they played in their midfield last year, but it's a little bit different when you're out there full-time and the ball's in your stick the majority of the time. So, I think they'll be um, a little bit more comfortable and uh, they have a new offensive coordinator. So, you know, getting a little bit more experience with what, what he's trying to accomplish. A couple of guys that didn't play last year that are now on their first and second lines. Um, and just, uh, you know, they were such a senior latent team last year. Um, I think there's just some chemistry things that will get better. So 77 uh, is a great player. Uh, new goalie played really well against Syracuse. They're great at the X. I mean, they're a really good team. So, um, you know, we, we are concerned about that you know, it's, it's kind of like one thing that we get to see them and we have to film on them and, and, you know, prepare for them, but it's also, they have an advantage of, of playing um, and in this being our first game. BU Terriers in Boston. It was always one of my favorite stops in the old MLL days, uh, traveling to, to Boston and doing games at the Nick Nickerson field, uh, celebrating post post game at T's is T still open. Yeah. No, it's gone. Tease so is gone. Play, no way. Tease is gone. Do you remember the White Horse? What's, what's the new tease? Uh, it's well, the, it's called the draft, but that's where our guys go. So you got to be careful. Um, uh, the probably and then there's a cantina, uh, a Mexican place called the cantina. Um, but there's no, there's no thing like the nothing like the tea. Nothing like, Nothing like the teas. It was always Joe, Joe Beninati and I would go at teas yep. and just, just uh, get some pizza and, and uh, a little refreshment post game was a great spot. Yeah, I know it's, we miss it. Well, thank you, coach. Good luck this year. Hope to hope to see you down the road. Uh, continued success uh, as you guys look to, uh, to stack NCAA tournaments and, and Patriot league championships. You're doing a, an incredible job up there. 
uh, I, I, uh, I've just got an enormous amount of respect for, for the way you guys play. Thanks, Quint. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast.